Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode... Kai Havertz to Arsenal, Moises Caicedo wants to join Chelsea, Declan Rice has been asked to wait for Chelsea, Kylian Mbappe is available for a transfer, this has been a wild week. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod, I'm joined in a virtual room filled with the one lion, just the one and he's an incredible one, it's Chris, Uh, hey welcome everyone to the Friday episode, that's the best episode of the damn week, I mean so much going on this weekend. Uh, what what are you looking forward to this weekend, Chris? Uh, what am I looking forward to? That is a good question, Mikey. Um, I'm doing some coaching tomorrow um, for the first time in a long time. I'm working with a kid who I used to coach about two years ago, and he is currently at Coventry Academy. Ooh. He is unbelievable. He's only 11, uh, but he is brilliant, and I think... He's someone who's going to be a first teamer at Coventry in a few years. Look, the coaches at Coventry have already said that they've earmarked him for the first team. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah, to be fair, he'll probably be signed by Chelsea this summer then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Project 2030. <laughs> they keep yeah. pushing. Oh my word, they keep pushing that. Uh, for me, it's tonight's tonight's game between Denmark and Northern Ireland. I'm 100% committed to Denmark after finding out that my DNA was 50.5% Scandinavian. So uh, thanks, Dad, for that. I'm quite confident. But uh, flashbacks to the game against Kazakhstan in March when uh, Denmark went 2 up to lose 3-2. Oh, dear. Oh, maybe the curse has started because I've just joined. But uh, look, I'm, I'm going to, I'm hyped to see Rasmus Hoyland play, to be fair. Looking forward to... I'm actually looking forward to the international games. That's a unicorn moment on this pod. Um, that is weird. It is, isn't it? I mean, I was going to pose a biscuit bet, and that was, <laughs> I felt everyone would take me up on it because there's not much. It's one of them where you think it's either going to happen or it probably won't. And that was for Denmark, Northern Ireland, over two and a half goals, Hoyland to score and Brathwaite to score assist. You know, but uh, yeah, I am. Ooh. I am actually, I'm knocking that down. It's definitely there. I'm sticking by it, but. I don't know. International football at the end of a season, which is weird. I think it's weird now having weird time of the year to be having an international because it's qualifiers, isn't it? It, it, Yeah, Euros and the Nations League we've got as well. But yeah, that I didn't even know was happening until I happened to come (laughs) across it on Sky yesterday. Like I thought, well, oh, is that actually still a thing? I I mean, we're carrying on with that. Argentina played a friendly against Australia in China the other night. Which was the other afternoon I found out. I was like, oh, okay, that's that happened. That's the thing. That's so, that is random. <laughs> I know, I loved it. I was like, oh, is it Messi scored a goal? And I looked and thought, that's live. Oh, there we go. Um, right, shall we hit some news? Cool. Oh, it's that time of the week, listeners. We're gonna check out the news you may have missed in that elevator of Chelsea news. Chelsea were reconsidering re-signing Tammy Abraham from Roma, but his serious knee injury in the, in the finale of the Serie A season removed him from the equation. Aston Villa goalkeeper Hannah Hampton is joining Chelsea. 
Kovacic is closing in on a move to City for 34 million. Moises Caicedo is interested in the Chelsea project and wants to join the Blues. Chelsea are not working on Mbappe. They're working on other things and do not intend to do crazy things. A source has heard that the players that Chelsea and Pochettino are planning to sell might even be told not to return to pre-season if they haven't been sold by then. Chelsea don't want to loan Lukaku or Koulibaly to anyone, let alone into Milan. They are pushing for a striker and looking at Nicholas Jackson and Gabri Vega, the midfielder from Celta Vigo. And finally in the news, the Premier League fixtures for the 23-24 season. They got released this week. Uh, I feel we'll, we'll talk about them first. I mean, first six, we've got Liverpool home, West Ham away, Luton home, Nottingham Forest home, Bournemouth away, Villa at home. What are you thinking? I don't think that's too bad. Obviously, opening day, Liverpool, tough. But at home, it's a big game. The crowd should be up for it. First game of the season. There's no form as well. Yeah, exactly. No one knows how any, what sort of season anyone's going to have. So, West Ham away is tough because we do struggle there. Well, it's a weird place, actually, I think, for us. Since West Ham moved, we we either go there and we're really good, or we go there and we're shit. Like there's no in between. Like we're either <laughs> really good or we're shit. Mm. So, but after that, I don't think you can really moan at the fixtures. I think when you look at the fixtures over Christmas as well, it was very kind. And yeah. the last three games of the season, if the summer on them, they're probably three fixtures you would have picked. So yeah. I was quite happy for once actually. I'm- <laughs> Oh, I mean, look, the Athletic claim that we have the easiest start to the Premier League season out of all the 20 clubs. Is that going to age well, is what I'm thinking. I mean, I did, I took a look through the fixtures. It feels really early that they've been released. I don't know if it is, but I looked through November, arguably the most gnarly looking month for me. I mean, on on the schedule, you got Spurs on the road, you got City at home, finish with Newcastle on the road. I mean, damn, no European football, though. That means it will be manageable. And Newcastle and City definitely have European football. I've already forgotten if Spurs did. That's really bad. Um, no, did they, no, they, they, did they qualify? No. no, they did. I don't think they did. The Premier they League did. table was the uh, top half. We didn't really look at that much this season, did we, Chelsea fans? <laughs> so we don't really know what's going on up there. I'm, I'm hopeful for a good start. It's going to be, you know, nil nil probably. The only thing, the only thing I would say is that having a new manager come in and someone who if it goes wrong early mm, mm. people are going to start bringing up the Spurs thing yeah. and it could be another Benitez situation so getting off to a good start was crucial and I don't think Liverpool at home and West Ham away are two fixtures you would choose if you need no. to get off to a good start no that is that is quite fair i mean what other news grabbed your attention because there was a lot this week it was a bit of a wild week for for once in the trans last week was a bit but this week oh uh i think the not wanting to loan lukaku and koulibaly um is a good thing Mm, i think it's mm, you know i think it's what i like about it is i'm hoping that we move away from this whole we'll just continually loan people out until they get released or disappear off the face of the earth. Bakayoko got released today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How many loans did he go on? I don't mind if they're young players, (laughs) like, you know, 17, 18, 19. 
but I mean, he was like, you know, in his 20s, like mid 20s, and he just kept going loan after loan after mm. loan. You think, oh, this is pointless, just get rid of him. And I think with with someone like Lukaku and Koulibaly, really, that's still, they are assets. So Lukaku's a £95 million asset to us. He's not worth that now, but when mm, we, that's how much yeah. he cost us. So you can't keep loaning that out. So I'm glad that we've took a... It seems like we're taking a bit more of a firmer stance on things now, which I, I like as well, like the whole Ugarte thing. We didn't want mm. to pay the fee, so we pulled out. Uh, I I am a little bit concerned about this Caicedo deal, though. It's There's a lot... I mean, you saying about Ugarte, he hasn't actually signed for PSG yet because the sporting president said earlier today that Chelsea can still sign him because PSG have not paid the fee and activated the clause, which I found so. quite interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay then. But yeah, Caicedo is, um, oh, it's the money being thrown around. We don't know because McAllister was going to be 75 million. Apparently he's gone for fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> but if it, you would imagine it is going to be in and around that 80 million pound they want, Mark. Hmm. And my issue with it is I know people are excited because he's the sort of midfielder that we need, and he is. Mm. But Kukurea looked brilliant at Brighton for a season as well. And mm. yeah, we we have only got one season's worth of sort of judging Caicedo in the Premier League. He had a really good year last year. Every time I watched Brighton, I thought, yeah, he looked really good. Mm. But it was only one year. True. I just think if you're going to be spending that sort of money, I don't, I don't know why we're not in for Declan Rose all of a sudden. Like, I don't know, really know. We have unless, told them to wait. Yeah, unless so, worth, unless maybe Royce only wants to leave West Ham for a team that's in Europe, which could could yeah. be an option now, especially with West Ham being in the Europa League. We're geographically maybe. still in Europe. I mean, that might help. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. We could say that to him. We'll, yeah. we'll try and sell him on that. I believe him, yeah. <laughs> I'll sign on that. I mean... We will touch on Kai Havertz because obviously we will, but that'll be later on in the episode because we're doing forwards, keep so alone. So that's convenient. Um, there also was some Mason Mount news this week, but we do not care. So we're just gonna just gonna <laughs> move on because we've we've talked about too much. They've offered 40 million, we've said no, and we'll see how that plays out. So <laughs> um keep so alone series for the class of 22-23 reaches reaches its conclusion on this episode. We're gonna go for our forwards. And I don't know if you, Chris, or even the listeners have heard about the rumours that Chelsea, they just may have signed Christopher Nkunku from RB Leipzig. Surprised that nobody has been talking about it on Twitter, but he's going to need some teammates, isn't he? And I've got 11 names down on this list. So I'm going to start with the obvious keeps because we do that. We've got Mikhailo Mudrik and my man, Noni Madueke. Uh, big season ahead for both under Pochettino. That's 100 million over that of fresh January signs right there. I don't feel there's going to be a chance of them being loaned or sold. I mean, any additional thoughts there on them two? No, I mean, I think they'll both stay. And I, I, I think Bloody hope so. First, <laughs> I think you're right with your first comment that it's big seasons for them all. I think Madueke, to be fair to him, looked promising every time he played. Um, mm, I think mm. I think Mudrick's been the real disappointment, um, especially considering his debut at Anfield was so promising oh, yeah. so and then it just sort of fell off the edge of a cliff. So yeah. I think, I think it's that thing again though, where 
a bit like what we were saying about Koulibaly a couple of weeks ago, that sometimes it's expectation that's your downfall. And we signed Mudrick for 80 million or whatever it was. So expectations really high. So he can only really let you down. Uh, we signed Madueke for like 30 something, which is these days is peanuts in it, let's be honest. So expectation was really low. So even mm. when he had a bad game, people was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we thought I, I do think sometimes you have to take that into account that maybe our expectations are too high of players sometimes yeah I feel that's a fair point I mean if you look at Madueke he was one of the few positives towards the end of the season yeah I'm, definitely. I'm so hyped to just see what he can do next season you know same with Mudrick you know Pochettino is, is the right manager for both in my opinion both are young players we know what Poch does with the youth players he did at Spurs he did at Southampton he, he has that in his locker, which is so crucial, especially with our young squad. And that biscuit bet of over 10 and a half goals for Molly, it's, it's possible. It is possible for Mudrick. I mean, there's also the possibility that Lukaku is going to write an apology letter to the Chelsea supporters and then turn it into a musical. We, it, it, you never know. You <laughs> never know. It's, it's one of them. I mean, next up, we've got Jao Felix. I mean, this isn't a sell. It's more a, would you make an offer to sign him on a permanent? No. Because we can spend that 80 million plus fee in other areas, mainly midfield or goalkeeper. I mean, I've got nothing else to add there. What about yourself? Uh, I I would have really liked for him to stay. I, I think with if you if you're looking at other departures, then I think there was room for him. But the only mm. thing I can think is that he didn't impress enough to say we definitely need to keep him. And with Nkunku coming in. I think mm. it's one of them where it was like, mm, where does he fit now? So I am kind of glad. I'm disappointed because I do think he was ha- had something to offer, but I'm also quite glad that we didn't just sign someone who's just going to bulk the squad out again Yeah, when and they're not really going to play. Would have been a high fee. I mean, it's so yeah. curious that I've seen him being linked. He's been offered. Again, we can only take it with a pinch of salt with transfer rooms on social, but that he's been offered to Wolves and Villa and there's it's a Newcastle, there's loads of clubs. I'm thinking that's very interesting considering he was a generational talent and yeah. now that Atletico just sort of shrug. Like, mm. I think he'd be great at Newcastle though. Yeah, yeah, I can see it working off Isaac or Wilson. I mean, yeah. it's possible. I mean, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang <laughs> keeps so low. <laughs> Go on. Just, bye. Thanks for... No, nothing. I, I can't even. Yeah. I mean, I, I can only remember. Yeah, the the one against <laughs> Crystal Palace yeah. where he took it on the. And we all like we've got a proper striker now. Yeah, and then that was it, wasn't it? I that think. was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that yeah, was, nothing else. That was his one and only Premier League goal, wasn't it? Yeah, he picked up a La Liga winners medal. So. Yeah, yeah, brilliant for him. Um, mm, yeah, really, really worked hard for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did, yeah. I mean, look, both Chelsea and Aubameyang, for me, need to just find a way to end this relationship because at first it, it did feel so right, you know, Tuchel, former forward. And, uh, but, I mean, but this has gone toxic like we, late. Yeah. It, it's just, we, it's like Lake Springfield and Simpsons. It's just, he, it's just so toxic. Yeah. People talk about our record with strikers and it is right that no matter what striker we sign, that normally absolutely awful mm. but our record with aging strikers is horrendous Shiru wasn't bad I, I think I think he's the only one he is the exception and Drogba's return 
was yeah, but, Rich Drogba, uh, uh, isn't it? Unicorn player. Yeah, and again, if you think if he was, if you take Costa out of that team and we're relying on Drogba oh, yeah. that season, yeah. people aren't saying that. So no. it's one of them, isn't it? But I think yeah. you know, you look at the others: Falcao, Higuain. Yeah. Oh, it's oh dear. Awful. Shevchenko. <laughs> mm, I mean, we were warned by his time under Mikel Arteta. We didn't listen. We were desperate no. for a striker. And something is better than nothing, but we were real yeah. close to that nothing. Real close. Uh, moving to a player that was, well, he was meant to be a league and title winner by, right now, and that's Hakim Ziyech. I mean, someone somewhere couldn't file that damn paperwork properly. One job, one job they had. Paperwork, and they screwed it up. And it, it, it's just a sell from me. PSG won't buy him, though. I don't know who will. Or we do like Bakayoko, just cancel the contract if we can agree a termination. I just, I just don't know. Yeah, he's a sell for me as well. I, uh, I think the problem with Ziyech is that I, I just think he's too much. He's too one-dimensional to play in the Premier League. It, he he does the same thing over and over again, and he has to be in a system that is almost built around his strengths and covering his weaknesses and he's not good enough to do that and I think that's that's been his major downfall I will give him some credit for I think he handled the failed transfer really well mm. um, there was no public moaning there was no sulking around when he got uh, you know um, subbed on in games he come on he tried it, I didn't ever see look at him and think, oh, he's got a really bad attitude. So I think he deserves a bit of credit for that. And it was just one of those transfers that didn't work out for us, didn't work out for him. And that's just part ways. And maybe he'll go on and do something good somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, got nothing else to add to that, really. I mean, next up, we've got Christian Pulisic. Reports back in April suggested that Pochettino wanted to keep him. Now, look, during lockdown football, Pulisic was outstanding. You know, we touched on this before, but my belief is that he did well because there was no pressure from the crowd and he could just play his game, enjoy the game, just just turn it on. I, I'm tempted to say keep and just see how it goes, but am I falling into the trap thinking that under this manager, things will be different? No, I, I don't I don't know because I was thinking the same. Listen, I think I'm, I'm being a bit hypocritical here because I... I get annoyed at people who sort of have soft spots for a certain player and won't say anything against them, regardless of how they're actually playing. Um, although I don't do that with Pusic, because I did say last season that it was the worst game of football I've ever seen a footballer have, I think. <laughs> and and that, that didn't go down brilliantly at the time. But I have said that about him. But I just, I don't think he's ever been given a real fair crack at it now I don't know whether that's down to him and the way he trains because like numerous managers have decided not to play him like even Lampard who got the best out of him during his first spell still didn't play him so I didn't really I don't know whether it's an attitude problem and if it is then he probably does need to go but if his attitude's right I don't think he's ever been given a, 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 a run of games in his best position to really showcase whether he's good enough or not. And I don't, uh, because you look at others, like Ziyech had plenty of chances. 
Sterling's had plenty of chances this season. You know, others, I mean, Kai Havertz, I don't even want to get on to him yet, but <laughs> it, chance after chance after chance. Like, I don't think Pulisic ever has. Like, since the lockdown and the player that we send there, I don't think he's been cons- consistently in the team since. So, oh, I don't know, because it's really tough because is he going to get enough football? But I would be really tempted to at least keep him around for pre-season because I would say if Mudrick has a poor pre-season, I'd be tempted to loan him out. And then depending on what sort of pre-season Pulisic has, keep him instead. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, he did quite well for America last night. Watch that game. That game. That game was wild. There was like yeah, so I watched, I watched the highlights today. It was Richard. So oh, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, next up, David Datrofafana. I mean, for me, it's a loan, but I he might stay. I could see him getting a chance. Um, you know what? I'd probably say keep. Hmm. I can see because, why. Because he can always go and play for the under twenty ones to keep sharpness and fitness. And I'm assuming if we do bring in a striker, it's only going to be one. So we're still going to need a rotation player. Mm. So I would be tempted to keep him. I do I do have a destination in mind if it was alone, and that's Everton. I mean, similar physical build to Calvert-Lewin. He's a player who right now seems as injury-prone as Kante or Jack Wiltshire. So first Definitely team minutes as well. Yeah, first team minutes would be quite easy to come by there. I mean, I look at Sean Dyche teams as well from the past, and they've all had that strong target man in their lineup. So Everton, they've got obviously Calvert Lewin when he plays. Chris Wood yeah. and Ashley Barnes at Burnley. I mean, I don't know if I'm just being lazy and need to watch more Sean Dyche fo- Sean, Sean Dyche football. That's kind of a logical hand in hand yeah. suggest, really. Yeah, uh, I think so. How about Callum Hudson Odoi? This is another tough one because it's similar to Loftus Cheek. You know, I like to believe he will he will come good, but the loan to Leverkusen was meh at best. Alonso over there had little faith in him. He is on a lucrative contract, pretty lucrative one. It does end next summer, and assuming with our one year remaining attitude, he's sold this summer. I would, I would sell him. I... I think Callum Hudson-Odoi is another one of those players who he's got all the talent, he had he had all the potential, but his attitude wasn't quite right. And I'm not saying he's got like a really bad attitude. I think when you talk about attitude, people naturally assume that you mean someone who's moans all the time or is bad in the dressing room. I just think sometimes there's players who are talented, but they just don't want it enough. And I don't think he's someone who wants it enough. I don't think he, he's got that drive to want to be one of the best players in the world, which he had the potential to do. Uh, mm. And I just think it's come to a time now where I don't think he'd get anything out of another loan. I would I would sell him, but I would be tempted to try and get a buyback clause inserted just in case. Mm. Yeah, I think that, that's quite fair. I think that's quite fair. Um, Armando Brozier. Now, he's been linked with Brighton today, who hasn't from our squad, but he's still recovering from his long-term injury that he suffered. He showed huge promise at Southampton. 
unlike I, I did write here that unlikely any club would take a player still recovering on any type of deal, even a loan. So for me, it would be stay, and he might be a great impact sub when he's back fit. But if Brighton are really interested, I'm, I'm shocked by that because it's not his fault, obviously. But to bring in an injured player, I think that's a huge... I don't know how that works, and that's going to be a huge risk on them. But he has such a high ceiling, and it would be... I don't. I just would not want him sold. No, I think... it. When, when are they expecting him to sort of be back training? I, I can't remember what the initial thing was now when they said he was going to be sort of looking at a return. Um, I will head to Google. Google is our friend. and it's, If I remember it's... right, it was sometime during the summer. I think people was expecting him to be back before the season started. Uh, he's set to return for pre-season in a huge boost, apparently. He's re- eyeing a return. That doesn't mean he will be. He's eyeing a return for Poch's first training session. Yeah, so... Mm. Oh, it that bloody friendly <laughs> one, of, oh. one of him or Fafana has to go out on loan. You can't keep both. So I, no. I, it would depend on his fitness. So I'm almost going to go back on what I said about Fafana, but not really. Um, mm. If he proves fitness in preseason and he doesn't have any setbacks, I would keep him and loan Fafana. But if he doesn't, if he has any setbacks, then I would be looking at the loan and thinking, go and get some minutes. And I understand what you're saying from Brighton's point of view, but I mean, they have still got Evan Ferguson. They've mm. still, I don't know whether Danny Welbeck's still going to be there, but um, they're not looking at him probably as coming in and being their sort of main striker anyway. So it's risk free on their side. If he doesn't recover, they just send him back. It's not a massive problem to them. So, yeah, I'm hoping that he could prove fitness. Hmm. The one caution I would have with Broya, and I I have seen some people on social media talking about this, he is not ready to be our number nine. No, I think that'd be completely thrown at the deep end. If he comes back this preseason and he proves fitness and he gets back up to speed and he looks good... He still can't be our striker going into the season because that really would be suicide for both him and us because he's not ready for that. I've, that's a, you know, it's to throw a player in at the deep end like that. You might you've you've attached a car to him because he's just yeah. gonna he's gonna he might shock you because there is always that unicorn. But I don't feel it's it's just especially after an ACL. Injury exactly. Realism. Uh, Kai Havertz. I mean, he's got two years remaining on his contract. He scored the goal that won Chelsea the Champions League. Some here feel that he has cruised off that goal ever since, don't we, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's yet to fulfil that potential, and you've got Nkunku coming in. The competition for a starting spot suddenly looks a bit of a challenge. He's been linked heavily with Arsenal by Munich, apparently in the wings. I I feel if we can get over sixty million, I'd say sell. That's that's how I, I'm surprised Arsenal are even curious, but um, I'd sell him for pretty much anything that you offered me at the minute. Um, <laughs> I I still think I still think there's a player in there, but he's never going to be good for Chelsea. So I don't, uh, I don't care. I mean, I do. I, I will care if he goes to Arsenal and turns out to be really good, but. 
I won't blame the club or whoever's made the decision to sell him because that could well happen. He could go to Arsenal and be really good. Or yeah. when City was linked with him, I would have expected him to go there and be good because it's Man City. They, every player goes there and is good. Mm. But he will never be good for us. And it, that is just a fact. And you know what? He's another player who I don't think really wants to be there. And I'd, I don't think there's a couple of players, and I know we haven't got to Mason Mount yet, but Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, players who jump ship after one bad season are not players that you want at your club. No, I agree. I mean, you know, when we when we go back to that awful season that we had the year after winning the title, we finished 10th that season with Hazard, Costa, Fabregas, Cahill, mm. Luez. Mm. Not a single one of them has to leave in the summer. Not a single no. one of them. They were players. They wanted to be at Chelsea and they thought, we've had a bad season. Next season, we go and put it right. And they did. They won the league. So, I mean, they couldn't put it anymore right. But players who, after one bad year, I think players like Havertz wanting to leave and Mount wanting to leave, that's almost them saying, I'm too good for this now. Like it's really a, this this shit season really had nothing to do with me. It's mm. I, I'm I'm too much of a good player to not be playing in a Champions League. The reason we're not in a Champions League is because we have players like you, mate. Mm. So Leaf, I I only want and I know people have been getting all uppity about wanting Mount to stay and Havertz has always had his lovers after the Champions League final. <laughs> but I as a as a fan. And I'm pretty sure Pochettino as a manager will only want players at the club who want to be there. If you don't oh, want to be here, yeah. then leave. And I don't care who you are. I mean, since the Champions League final, Kai's kind of done a bit of a David Copperfield disappearing act. You know, some some fans hate when we sell to a rival, but we're not sending him to Wolves and Crystal Palace, are we? I mean, that's where we finished. Didn't finish top six, <laughs> did we? <laughs> look, look, genuinely, um, I will be serious here. I mean, my mindset is when a player is sold... Look, I, I don't really have any interest in how they do at their new club. None at all, because I care more about what time Jack Grealish probably went to bed during the treble celebrations. You know, I've, <laughs> I've moved on and I focus on Chelsea and the team we've got there. Because yeah. you can look at, you can go, oh, look at Mo Salah, look how he did. Look at uh, Kevin De Bruyne, look at Courtois. It, does, it doesn't matter. They don't play for us anymore. It's happened and we've, exactly. got, we've got to move forward. I understand the upset and the, the anguish, but we have to move forward. And what people never take into account is if we didn't sell Mo Salah and we didn't sell Kevin De Bruyne, they wouldn't be the players that they turned 100%. out to be. Yes, I've always said that, always said it, because it doesn't, it just, it, I just don't get this logic that if we'd have kept, look, okay, originally kept Lukaku, Kept Salah, kept De Bruyne. We'd have them now. I don't think we would. No, don't think they become the. They developed at different clubs and became the players they were because Salah went to Roma. At Roma, incredible, but he wasn't this goal scoring mastermind that he is now. He then joined Liverpool and then Klopp put his yeah. style on him yeah, and exactly. he became a more evolved player. Same yeah. with De Bruyne when he was at um, Wolfsburg and then obviously moved to the City. It's each different like step. When, yeah, when Man City signed Kevin De Bruyne for fifty million pound, which at the time yeah, was a lot, it was. He people said that is a crazy transfer. Mm -hmm. Why are they yeah. paying that much for him? Yeah, he's the player he is now because he's been coached by Pep Guardiola. Yeah, 
exactly. Exactly. He wasn't the finished article when they bought him. Yeah. Um, a player that has been bought and, well, he wasn't bought by him, I don't think, but he, he did develop under Guardiola and that was Raheem Sterling. It was a disappointing first season at the bridge. Uh, spent a good fee though on a proven Premier League winning player. And it was again, similar to Gallagher, that for anyone to thrive under this chaotic season we had was asking a lot. I mean, he is on a huge wage. It'd be a hard sell. Pragmatism suggests let Pochettino work his magic. And he was, I think he finished our top scorer, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, keep, you got to. I mean, you have to. You can't sell everyone, I guess. Listen, I think, was I disappointed in Sterling? Yes. Do I think there was circumstances around it? Yes. I also think he was partly to blame. I don't think he showed the best sort of application or attitude towards the, the season that he should have. But I said this before, going from playing at Man City, where you dominate every game, playing with incredible players who you make a run, they see you. You make a run, they find you. They do all the hard work. You attack the right space. You get a goal and everyone says you've had a good game, even if you haven't. To then come to Chelsea, where we don't ha- we don't dominate most games. We don't have those players who see runs and are able to execute the passes to find them anyway. Hmm. We don't have players who do all the hard work and Sterling can get the tappings at the end. To ask Sterling to then come and be sort of our catalyst our creative spark our hazard yeah was stupid was stupid anyway because mm-hmm. if you look at him at city he was never that he was the he put the finishing touch on the good work of others um i think he showed enough towards the end of the season to suggest that he's still got a lot to offer uh and i think under Pochettino, you'll see a better sterling than this season so he's a no-brainer keep for me we can't keep selling players after one bad season no, 100%, 100%. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, finally, our final player for Keeps Our Loan. It's, uh, now look, I, <laughs> it, it's, it's Romelu Lukaku. Now, look, I, I used to believe you, you couldn't find a bigger waste of money than NFTs. I mean, the most inex- expensive NFT ever sold was called the merge. It went for over $90 million, but now the NFT market's crashed. It's worth a few bags of Haribo at most and nobody wants them. I mean, you could say the same about Lukaku. He, I mean, I don't know what to say here. I just, I've never known. I mean, he was the final piece to a jigsaw puzzle we didn't even have. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. I think he's probably one of our biggest mishandled players ever. Mm. Because of how quickly it went wrong. Well, if we're um, to believe he never really wanted to leave Inter, why did we push for it? Yeah. Was it because I mean, Haaland had gone and we thought, hmm. I, I, oh, yeah. I think it was part panic um, when Haaland... Because he hadn't joined City, had he then, obviously, but... No, but still... the thing is, we all knew, everyone knew, we had no chance of getting Haaland at the price he was at because mm. Real Madrid mm. or Man City... He was going to go to one of those two. I don't. I don't even think another club was even close to being in the running. I think they reported at the time that others were, but they wasn't really. Mm. He was always going to go to one of those. Um, so I do think there was a there was, there was a panic to it. 
but I remember he started the season really well and then he got injured in the Champions League home game against was it Zenit or Malmo or possible, one of them possible and up until that injury everyone was talking about how much of a good signing he was mm. then he got injured and I don't think he looked after himself brilliantly while he was out injured. And I think he's one of those people, a bit like Hazard, really. If he eats, he puts weight on. Mm. That, you know what I mean? He's, he, he's one of them. Um, and then when he come back and he got fit, and obviously he thought that he was going to come back into the team, and then Tuckle decided he didn't want him back in the team because I don't think Tuckle ever really wanted him in the first place. Uh that relationship went sour. Then he did the stupid interview and the fans at the time, he really misread that situation because the fans, I mean, I say at the time, there's still loads of them now, but was absolutely on some love fest with Tuckle that if you said anything against him, it doesn't matter who you were, they was going to hate you. So he really misread that and it was misinformed and stupid, especially of a player of his age. Mm. But it wasn't unsalvageable, I don't think. And I just think we just handled it terribly then for the rest of the season. Listen, people can say that he flopped all they want. But the truth of the reality is that since we signed him up until this very day, he is still the best striker we have. So I would have... I I, I, I wanted it to, to work out. I wanted... Pochettino to give him a chance but like I was saying earlier I only want players who want to be here and he doesn't want to take that chance he doesn't want to be at the club anymore no. so it's got to be a sell and yeah. it's got to be a sell to anyone you can get some money from mm, yeah I, th- I think that's fair I think that's really fair uh, that's pretty much that's it then I mean that's our keeps our loan series for this year um, if you've missed midfielders uh, defenders or goalkeepers, then just go back through the uh, the archives, listeners. You'll find them right waiting for you. Uh, we're going to head to the mailbag, check out what's been sent in to us. Any questions? Ask the bridge. I, I, I've been I've been stoked all day for questions because <laughs> I'm feeling like Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. So thank you, listeners, for firing in your questions. Uh, remember, if you have a question or anything on anything, everything, just tweet. Or send us a message on Instagram. There's also the Discord. Uh, we do try and answer as many as we possibly can. So first up, 443FC asked, Sounds like Santos is a first-teamer for this season as rotation for Enzo or Caicedo. With Kai Havertz leaving, do I does anyone see either Carney or Cassidy sticking around as cover for Nkunku at the 10? Or do they go out on loan? Uh... I think Chuck Wameka stays. I think Cassidy goes out on loan. I think I said today that we want him to go out on loan. We think he's, what did I read? The, the club think he's one season and one good loan away from challenging for a first team place. Mm, but I don't yeah. think he's ready yet. Um, so there's I think in- he goes out on loan. Yeah, there's interest in from Italy, but no Premier League interest. I mean, for me, I'd expect Chuck Wameka to stay. Cassidy yeah. to obviously go out on loan and again like we discussed on Monday, I mean, he needs that top tier league 
loan move. You know, to throw Cassidy right into this first team is, again, huge risk. I mean, it's a risk that could pay out, but right now a loan is a smart move. And but, it has yeah, to be I, the I, right move. Not to Reading, not to a team no. who are going to be fighting relegation. It does... it. Look at Ethan Ampadu. He's been the best team, best team. He's been the best player in a horrific team for three seasons in a row. Come on. What's the, what's he learning? He's not learning yeah, anything. He's not learning anything. And the thing is, um, I do remember, we probably would have said the same about Trevor Chalaber before pre-season under Tuchel. Though. So, that's that's what preseason's for, isn't it? It's for players to take yeah, a chance. If, if he exactly. plays in preseason and he's really good, then keep him around. And mm. because you never you never really know when a player's ready to come into the first team or not. It's a risk, mm. isn't it? You sometimes yeah, you just have to throw him in and hope. But yeah. I, I I think a good loan would would be best. And mm. if you can't get mid table Premier League, then I would send him abroad. I don't think it matters too much. Like Chalaber developed at Lorient or wherever mm, he went. In Lorient, France. yeah, yeah. He 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 developed well there. Players have gone to Italy and done well. Mm. And you know, I, I think he'd feel comfortable there as well, being yeah. Italian. Like mm. I think that would really help. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, easy, lo- lo- obviously it's his home home country. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Scott McDonald asked quick fire reaction: Rice or Caicedo? Rice. I, I did that as well uh, because leadership trait and we're lacking that right now in our spine. Wow. Leadership and proven over a number of years. He's oh, been good for West Ham yeah. for years. Yeah, I, 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 Caicedo has still got an asterisk next to him for me. I understand that. I'm not disagreeing. Uh, he also, Scott also asked, uh, you should do biscuit bets on our squad range for FIFA 24 next season. I mean, I'm personally down for this. I've no idea what they'll actually call the next FIFA since it's now EA Sports FC, but ratings, yeah, maybe on Monday. We'll see. Um, could do like some like my top five players who they'll be. There's going to be yeah. two. There's got to be some flat players in our team that are decent. I mean, who's the highest rated or going to be and what rating they're going to have? Um, Reese James maybe up there. Depends who we sign. No, it wouldn't Reece be Reece. James. Reece James will be up there. Yeah. Thiago Silva will still be up there. Yeah, uh, it depends who we sign as well. I, I would imagine Enzo will still will will get he'll get a, a boost. boost from where yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, this is going to be interesting because we do move to the Lone Army Carousel as I look for the button and I st- oh, there it is. <laughs> right. It is a game of categories and the rules are simple. I give you a category and you know the team usually give me an answer that fits into that category. And yes, of course, if they take too long, they have till the end of Jason Cundy asking that question. Has anyone seen Spurs? Now, you might be thinking, there's only Chris here. Well, this is this is actually a really good question for Chris, because oh I, I thought I'd give it you <laughs> because you are the expert here on this. And now on July 20th, two teams kick off the Women's World Cup. Now, I'm not telling you who those two teams are, because I want you, Chris, to name me. Every country that will be playing at the Women's World Cup. And there are 32. Well, I hope there are, because that's what I wrote down. I'm pretty sure there were 32. Okay. Maybe they're not. I, I best double check this, because that'd yeah. be really embarrassing. If no, I, just I think said. it is 32. I think it's the same yeah, as the th- Yeah, I think so. For some reason, I wrote 32, but we'll go with we'll go with that. So what, where, where are you going? You've got another host, at least. Yeah, yeah well, Australia. 
they are in it. Yeah, there are 32. I've just double checked. <laughs> yeah, just so I don't appear thick. Right. Um, yeah. You won't get England, any dings. You no, won't get dings. Yeah, yeah, no, you're already in. So. England. Mm? USA. Yeah. Uh, Sweden. Yeah. Spain. Yeah. Germany. They are indeed. France. Yep. Uh, Norway. Yes. Uh, it's got to be one of the Asians. Japan. They are. They normally get there and get battered in at least one game. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Brazil. Yep. Italy. Yep. Uh, Ireland. Yeah. Republic of Ireland. Yeah, it's their debut as well, apparently. It is. Yeah, I remember. There's a lot of debutant countries. Yeah, there's a lot of debutant countries this this time. Um, Netherlands. Yep. Have I said Italy? You have. Uh, Argentina. Yep. Uh, starting to struggle now, I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, I've seen something about... Australian was saying something about... Are New Zealand there? They are. They're the co-hosts. Uh... Of Switzerland. Yep. I'm thinking African countries. There's got to be some going there. I don't know if the qualifying works the same as it does for the men, but I would assume it would. So let's pick one. And South Africa. Yep, they're in it. Nigeria. Yes. Uh, 14 left. You've done well here. Morocco? Yeah, they're in it. It's their debut. Um, Canada are there. They are indeed. China? Yeah. Oh, you're doing really well here, I've got to admit. Um. Oh, eleven left. I've said Sweden, haven't I? Uh, you have, yes, and they're on there. Denmark. Damn right, they are. Ten left. Uh, should know England's group, really. China. I've said. I've said. You said China. Who's the other team in England's group? It's someone really weird. <sighs> Haiti. Ha- oh, yes. Um. Wow. Is it their debut as well? It is, it is, yeah. It's their debut, yeah. yeah. thought so. That's incredible. Um, How many have I got left? I think you've got one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. Not bad. Not bad so far. Uh... 
One more European team. One more that European helps. team. Said uh, France, Spain, Portugal. Yes, down to eight. Oh, I think it's going to be South American. Because I think I've only said Brazil and Argentina from there. Yeah. Uh, who else is South America? I've been doing a lot of geography quizzes at work in, <laughs> in my spare time, so I've got a lot of no decent geography knowledge. Um, uh, no excuse. Colombia? They are indeed. Uh, is there another South American? Got seven left. No shame, I feel. You've, you've done really well. Uh, There's no I shame. There was one about their men's team got to the World Cup and now their women have as well. And they, they was rubbish. Um, <laughs> um, Panama. Yes. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's, okay. I think you, that's all you, I know. You, you missed out, but I, I feel you've done incredible on this. Absolute world class. Uh, you've, you missed out Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. Jamaica. Oh. Debutant, Philippines. South oh, no, Korea. I, ne- I, never, I never would have got that. <laughs> uh, South Korea and the final two, which are debutants, Vietnam and Zambia. So. Wow, Vietnam. Yeah, I don't think they've ever been to a a, May, um, a men's World Cup. I, Not that I know. Of. I, I, I didn't even know they had a men's team. So <laughs> I kind of just assume that every country on the planet has a football team of some kind. I just I know FIFA are very particular with what they recognise as a sovereign state and all that. There's a lot yeah. to it. I, it's beyond my knowledge. It really is. So yeah, there we go. Uh, listeners, you are at the end of another episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. Treat yourself well. We're going to be back on Monday to discuss news from the weekend. And it's also going to be episode 300 of this very podcast. So we'll be celebrating by taking a look back at a special moment involving a player who wore that number 30. You can work it out. So until next time, that will be us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.